Thank you for joining us this month for Bill Purvis Leadership. In this lesson, we will learn the benefits of having an I don't have to survive mentality. All right, I want to welcome you this month to BPL and tell you what a thrill it is on my part to be able to share with you some leadership principles that I believe will help you. I wish I'd known this a long time ago. I've learned it in the last uh, probably 15 years, and it made a radical difference in the way that I went, the direction I went. And, uh, and it's entitled, Don't Strive to Survive. And, um, and the reason I say that is because when I first began an intentional leadership journey for personal growth in my own life, I read a chapter in John Maxwell's book, All You Can Be, and he called it, I Don't Have to Survive. And that chapter began to factor into a lot of my decisions from that moment on. For the very moment that I read that, that became for me a real guiding tool. He reminded me that like Joshua and Daniel and Job and, and David, that all of those had that kind of I don't have to survive mentality. And, and I want to tell you right here, right now, for this reason, that it's a biblical mindset that's going to release you to your own destiny when you can learn to embrace that. It's sustained by the belief that there are some things in life that are really worth living and dying for. And if you look through the Bible, you see a lot of those characters understood that I don't have to survive or don't strive to survive mentality. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those three Hebrew children in the book of Daniel, they had so devoted their life to God that they would have rather burned in a fiery furnace than to bow down to an idol. And they just had that mindset. We, we don't have to survive. Martin Luther King Jr., you know, those two famous letters that he wrote, you know, the letter from the Birmingham jail and the other one called The Negro Is Your Brother, they all had that I don't have to survive attitude. And, and the reason for it was they, they could get more done when they realized and they put themselves in the place that I'm going to do this with all I have and I'm not letting anything hinder me from it. You see, they didn't get into the protective mindset, which a lot of us don't mean to, but we can embrace. And when we do, I think it's, it limits our potential. Um, the fact is, is Jesus himself was an extremist. The question is not whether we'll be an extremist, but what kind of extremist will we be? You know, and, and Martin Luther King himself said, would it be for love or for hate? Uh, you remember when Ronald Reagan stood before Gorbachev and made that famous phrase, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And what he was saying there was, I, I came to give a message to you, and it doesn't matter how I'm going to be received at the end, I'm going to give you this message. That's what you've got to do if you're going to be a leader. The Apostle Paul over in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21 said this, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. He says, But if I'm to live on in the flesh... This will mean fruitful labor for me. And if I do not know which to choose, that's okay. He said, but I'm hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is much better. Paul was saying, if I live, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and preaching the gospel, and I'll keep upsetting towns and religious environments. But if I die, I'll go to be with God, the one I'm preaching about. So either way, it's kind of a win-win. And that's exactly what you have to have and I have to have if we're going to really do something that matters. Jesus himself lived by that same I don't have to survive philosophy of life. He, he would tick off the self-righteous people of his day with the love that he had for sinners. He would anger the religious leaders with his emphasis on the grace of God. Jesus never played the game. He never sold out so that he might be able to temporarily survive. You'll recall when you look at his life, the pattern was always this. His faith was in God his Father and never in men. His fear of displeasing his father was always greater than his fear of 
displeasing some men. And you'll also notice that Jesus received his validation from his father, not from man. And when I, when I think about those things, it makes me want to become the leader that not with a, uh, not with a rude tone but, and not with brashness, but with an humble boldness, I want to be able to say, here is where I stand that I could do no more. This is what I believe is right, and this is convictions and values that I have. And if ever a country needs that, we need it today. If ever a church needs it, we need it today. We need to be that, that voice that is very clear, that voice that says to a world around us, to our family, to our friends and peers, that we know what we're standing for and where we're standing, and we don't have to survive. Now, when you feel you have to survive, you're going to do some things, okay? And you will do these things. You will, If you feel you have to survive, you're going to make easy decisions instead of hard ones. You remember the, the, the King Saul at one time in his life? He lost his king, kingdom all because he, he made easy choices. Uh, he just decided that I, I don't want to be sticking out anymore. I, I, what God's asking me to do is kind of hard. And how will that be received? And, and I do think, I heard somebody say one time that you're one call away, just one call away from a great future or a great disaster. And so when we, when we feel that we have to protect and we have to survive, we will make easy choices instead of hard ones. And we also will do this. Um, you won't leave some people behind that you should have left behind. If you, if you feel that you've got to survive, you're afraid of letting people go because you want to make sure that everybody's at peace and, uh, and don't rock the boat mentality. And, uh, and I got to tell you, as a leader, sometimes you got to let some people go at some time. Some people got off emotionally and mentally long before they ever got off physically. And if you're going to be who you ought to be, sometimes you're going to have to say, if I'm going to lead the organization, I've got to let some people behind go. And so you need the right people on your team. But if you have a survival mentality, you may not make the choice to do that. If you have a, uh, a, a need to survive, I think you'll compromise some convictions in order to be accepted. You know, you'll, you'll be afraid to really break out of the pack and stand alone. Uh, Pilate knew that. You know, Pilate knew in his heart that Jesus himself was innocent. Even his own wife knew the same thing. Yet the Bible says about Pilate that he feared the people. And when somebody has a survival mentality and they are given to that above everything else, They'll let a lot of convictions that should be held go just so they can be accepted and make peace at all costs. Number four, you'll believe that your excuses, uh, you'll believe those excuses are good excuses to play it safe. In fact, sometimes what we do is we create a story to prevent ourselves from taking risk. Um, you know, Anthony Robbins, that uh, tremendous leader, life changer, has a way of saying something like this that I've always found to be helpful. He said, what's the story you keep telling yourself that is getting in the way of your destiny? I mean, we can tell ourselves the story all along, you know, but uh, at the end of the day, we know the truth, whether whether really just make an excuse and we found a story to wrap around it or not. If you feel like you have to survive, number five, you'll trade freedom for approval. In fear of rejection, you'll become a chameleon. Uh, you'll, you'll just kind of want to adapt to fit in. You'll never really discover who you really are if you keep on that path. And number six, number six, if you feel you have to survive, you'll give up inner joy for outer peace. Um, people who need to survive, they're miserable trying to please other people. They, they just they spend their life trying to please everybody around them. And they're more afraid about how everybody's receiving it than they are about what they're doing and doesn't accomplish anything. Now on the outside, they'll laugh, they'll smile, but inwardly, 
They wish they could just be comfortable being themselves, and they can't ever find it if they're always just trying to survive. Now, here's the good news. There are people in the Bible who felt they had to survive, and when they did, they made compromises, and they ought to be examples for us. You remember the Abraham and Sarah going down to Genesis over there, going down to Egypt in Genesis 12? And you remember that they're going down, there's a famine on the land, Abraham goes down to Egypt, and and um, and they, they they met a king there, and the king saw that uh, that Sarah was a beautiful woman, and and Abraham knew that. Abraham had even told Sarah in advance. He said, now, when the Egyptians see you, they're going to say, hey, that's his wife. And if they say that, they'll kill me. He said, so let's contrive a story. Let's tell the story that you're my sister, not my wife. That'll keep me safe. Abraham's trying to survive. I mean, this great man of faith even found himself on that path at that time. And sure enough, when he got there, the, the, uh, the Egyptian king and ruler, and one of Pharaoh's uh, officials, began to praise her to Pharaoh and tell her how great he was. So you recall that they brought her up to, to uh, her house, uh, brought her up to the, to the, uh, her to the palace, got there, and you remember what took place, if you ever read that story before. They get very, very close to having an affair when all of a sudden God himself interrupts and has to say, this is that man, Abraham's wife. What have you done? And God, God pronounces he's going to give a curse to him if he doesn't return the wife. And you remember how the guy runs out and tells Abraham, take your wife, get out of here. The judgment of God's about to be upon me with what I did. Um, and, and so he got in that big mess all for one reason. Instead of saying, I don't have to survive, I'm going to tell the truth and live the truth, he tried to make the compromise, and that compromise almost got he and his wife killed. The bad thing is, is that later in the book of Genesis, I think over the 26th chapter, Isaac and Rebekah, the, the son of Abraham, does almost the same thing. You know why? They do it because children grow up to do what they see the parents doing, Okay. They watched the dad make those choices to compromise because he felt the need to survive. And so therefore, Isaac one day, when it came to decisions in his own life, he did the same. Now, here's what happens. That shows me this. Our need to survive is rooted in fear. Maybe a fear of loss or fear of change or fear of rejection or fear of pain. But our our need to survive generally goes down to a, a root of fear. And and can I tell you something about people that really succeed and break out? Successful people are average people who one day took a chance. Now, why do we try to survive? Let me answer some of those questions uh, just to get to the root of that. Why do we try to survive? Number one, we try to survive because we want security. Now, that's natural. Everybody wants it. But we live with this, um, with this illusion that nothing ever changes when in reality it does. There is no such thing as total, complete security at all times. We try to survive, number two, because we, we enjoy comfort. We like things to be just exactly as they are. And, and the problem with that is, is that, that it's going to be hard if you're going to make a difference to be comfortable. You know, the fact is, is we're going to have ourselves in places at times because of growth that put us in an co- uh, uncomfortable position. Harvey McKay, who wrote a book one time called We Got Fired, it was a really encouraging book, but it was a story about all the famous people, Larry King, Joe Torrey, Lou Holtz, Mark Victor, Hanson, other people. Every one of those had to lose their comfort. They were fired, and their comfort was shaken and rattled, and the bottom fell out. But it was through that that they began to succeed. And they will even tell you that success came when we lost our comfort. We don't grow when we're comfortable. We grow when we have opportunity and when we stretch and when we endure the pain, 
and when we press on anyway. So if, if you don't have to survive, then that means this. That means I've adapted an I'm not afraid attitude. And when that takes place, we can make things happen. Now, you have to decide, I, I'm not afraid to stand. And then secondly, I'm not afraid to stand alone. And thirdly, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid to stand when opposed. If you can grab those three, you can get a long way. I'm not afraid to stand. I'm not afraid to stand alone. And I'm not afraid to stand when I'm even opposed. In fact, if anybody looks at that and says that pattern they followed, it would be Jesus. Um, he proved it when he went to the cross. He proved it when his disciples abandoned him. He was alone. He proved it when he was deserted, when he was betrayed. Yet never once did he cave in when the religious rulers harassed him and hounded him and the Pharisees followed him. And throughout his life, he stood, he stood alone at times, and he stood when opposed, but he stood. And because of that, you and I have the greatest model in the world to follow. Now listen carefully. This is the gospel, by the way. Jesus was on a mission for your soul. He came from heaven and was born a man to live a perfect life, 33 years. He allowed himself to be the atonement for our sins and the sins of the world, every single one of us. His perfect blood is going to satisfy God's holy wrath on sin. And in his bodily resurrection, he proved that he was the son of God. And he, he can and will forgive our sins. And he will come into our life if we allow him to. But the key is that he came with a whole mentality that I do not have to survive. And I want to challenge you at this stage that wherever you are in your job, wherever you are in, the, uh, in your career or in your life goals, you're going to come to a crossroad at sometimes. You can give in. You can make all the compromises in the strategic places. You can look around and say, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be opposed. I, I don't want to get out of my comfort zone. You can do that, and you can remain right there for some time. Or you can decide, I have, I, I've, I've got to stand. I've got to succeed. I've got to survive. I, 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 you know, I've got to survive in the, in the, in the means of saying, I, I cannot let my goals die. I can't let my dreams die. I can't let my life be wasted. Survival for me means keeping the, the dream alive, keeping my life on track. And so it's the issue of I don't, have to, I don't have to survive in the eyes of other people to keep everything the same, but I have to make sure that my dream survives. I have to make sure that my life is going to survive. I have to make sure that my, my passion is going to survive. I have to make sure that whatever my assignment is, it's going to survive no matter what I have to lose in the price and the process. And that's what I hope for you today. I, I don't know where you are today, but I want to challenge you today to do something. I want to challenge you to get the mindset that, it's not about what others think, and it's not about the, uh, the, uh, the, the feeling that it's comfortable at the moment, and it's not about whether the heat's going to come on or not. The fact is, if you do something worthwhile, it's going to come. And, and you have to get real comfortable with the fact that you're not going to please everyone, and your critics will always be there, and there's nothing you can do, nothing you can say that's going to that's gonna make your critics satisfied. Somebody one time told me, they said, you uh, – you will never have an answer good enough for your critics, and you never need an answer for your friends. And it's true. So my challenge to you is going to be this. I want to encourage you to adapt a I-don't-have-to-survive mentality when it comes to seeing your life calling, your mission, your goals all the way through. And you do what you do with your passions, your gift, your experience, and, and your feeling that you're called to something. You do it with all of your heart. And you don't let anything or anyone stand in the way of that, no matter what. 
And if you decide that you want to take that route, I can't tell you that it won't be lonely at times. And I can't tell you that it won't be difficult at times. And I can't tell you for sure that you won't, um, that you won't sometimes want to look back and turn around. But I can tell you this, that you'll look back in the end of it when it's all said and done. And you'll say, I'm a different person because I grew through it, and I'm glad I did what I did. I look through the life now after many years of being on a journey of leadership, and I see a lot of people that I knew that had far more talent, more potential, uh, more and better opportunities. And um, I look at them and realize they're at the same place they've always been. And the only thing I can attribute that to is, is they somewhere subtly shifted and took on a I have to survive mentality right here, right now. And when they did, that became for them the lid they put on their life. They put the brakes on their life journey. They slowed down, and ultimately, they stayed where they were. And they sometimes say to me, Bill, how did you get there? Because you didn't have the talent, you didn't have the skill, you didn't have the, 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 all of the goods in your favor like we did. And, and they're almost surprised that, that I have gone a little further than some of them did or where I was at one time. And when they say those things, they're perplexed as to what was different. And I'll tell you what, the, what was different. What was different for me was I adapted an attitude of I don't have to survive. And I want to challenge you to do that. I, I challenge you to do that today, to, to get back on track and go back for your goals and pursue with all your passion what you're called to do. And if you'll embrace that, I don't have to survive mentality. And you can do that and face that down. What will what it will do? It will it will eliminate your fears. It will it will give faith much more of a voice and fear a lot less of a voice. And you'll find yourself saying, "Man, that was a great moment." Just like I say when I when I heard Maxwell say it many years ago, and that came for me a turning point, a decisive moment. I hope that'll be for you the same today, and that you'll decide you're going to pursue what God's called you to do with all your heart. Thank you for letting me help you this month. My prayer is that God will use your life and bless you. And I want to pray a special prayer over you right now. If you'll believe with me, I believe God will make the difference in our life. Father, thank you for everyone today that is listening. I pray for those today that have, that have found themselves more afraid of the outcome of what man can do than afraid of the consequence of what happens if they don't pursue what you called them to. I pray today you'll take away, and I don't have to survive that survival mentality and give them today a, a real drive in their heart to just say, I, I'm, I'm in the business of making my life matter and count the most. And I pray that you'll help us to adapt and embrace the I don't have to survive mentality when it comes to the big things in our life so that we will thrive in the things and the places you want us to be at. And for that, we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. God bless you. Until next time. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson. This month's lesson is a great reminder that an I don't have to survive mentality is a biblical mindset that releases your destiny. Have a great month.